Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? Welcome to a view from Lakeland City Hall. This is City Commissioner Chad McLeod. As always, I appreciate you tuning into this podcast. I have been saying for several episodes now that I was going to have someone from the fire department on just to talk about all things Lakeland Fire Department, and I am thrilled today to have Chief Doug Riley in the studio here at InFocus Studios uh, on this episode to talk about what's happening at the fire department. Chief, welcome to a view from Lakeland City Hall. Yes, Commissioner, and uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, all my pleasure, and it's very nice to be able to come in here and talk about my favorite subject. So talk about that. Now, you have been with the fire department your entire career, right? The Lakeland Fire Department. That's correct. March will be 35 years for me. Wow. And uh, I've served as a fire chief since December of 2017. So that would mean that I was about five when you started. And just to, just for context for people who are out there listening. So you have seen a lot over the years. And as chief now, talk about when we when we say the fire department, what does that encompass? How many stations do we have? How many personnel make up the Lakeland Fire Department? Sure. So City of Lakeland Fire Department, we have a total of 191 personnel. Um, 185 of those are sworn. And what that means is that they're certified firefighters, um, even the, the administrative staff and, and some of our other positions. And then we have like seven support staff that are non-sworn firefighters. We have um, seven fire stations in the city. Um, on a normal duty day, we have 56 on shift. Those are what we call boots on the ground, the 24-7, the, the men and women that run the 911 calls. And um, three, we have three shifts because our personnel work a 24-on and a 48-off schedule. And uh, we have five different divisions. We have administration, operations, uh, operations being the biggest one because that's all the emergency stuff. And then uh, we have prevention. Prevention are our uh, fire marshal and inspectors that keep our buildings safe and uh, and make sure that you know everything's up to code and that our our building owners and our visitors and our citizens are safe when they're visiting those buildings. And we also have training that oversees all of our mandated training on everything other than uh, emergency medical services. And we have a separate division that does everything emergency medical service related. You mentioned training. I think that was one of the things that stood out to me as I was coming on as a commissioner and learning more about the fire department is the amount of training that the men and women have to do to stay current, not only to become a firefighter, but to stay current. Can you share a little bit about that and our new training center and what that brings to the city? Absolutely. Um, January last year, we, we were very fortunate to open a new training center. Um, the existing training center was a little small and uh, it had, you know, it was like me, it was old and it, it was showing us age. And so we have since, since we built that training center, we've doubled in size and, uh, and run volume has like quadrupled. So we needed more space to do our training. And, you know, as you can imagine, we have, you know, tons of mandated training from like National Fire Protection Association, OSHA, uh, ISO, and all the different mandated trainings, not only on the fire side, but also on the emergency medical side, because we have to do our CEUs and get recertified and all that kind of stuff. So I often say and uh, that we train for a living. And I say that because in order to be at the top of our game for for starters, but also to meet all the mandates uh, that are required, there's some form of training that goes on pretty much every day, 365 days a year. And and before I forget, I did uh, leave out one very important division. Uh, We also have our own maintenance division because, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, um, our goal is when a frontline fire truck goes out for service, we want that back on the line as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have the luxury of, of taking a number and getting in line with, with fleet. So we have uh, a maintenance supervisor and two 
emergency vehicle technicians that take care of all of our fire trucks, all the equipment on the trucks, as well as a lot of the equipment in the stations as well. So that's a very important, maybe behind the scenes role, but one that is essential to keeping trucks on the road and fire services current and able to respond to the calls that come in for sure. And we thank them for what they do. Talking about calls, for perspective, how many calls on average does your department handle every year? So in 2021, we just run the numbers and the data because we watch the training and stuff, but we were just just over 29,000 emergency calls in 2021. That was up about 10% from 2020. Hmm. And some of that very well may have uh, been contributed to the pandemic as well. Wow. So that's a lot. It's, it's a busy department. You had shared with me that one of the most popular social media videos you all have done was on the topic of fire trucks responding to medical calls. Why does a fire engine show up when there's a medical call? And can you explain a little bit about that? Because I think people, it, it is a, it's a good question. And if you don't know, you would wonder why is that? Absolutely. And before I do, I would just to kind of put it in perspective for you and, and our listeners, um, for comparison in, in 2010, we run just over 16,000 calls. So, you know, in the next couple of years, we're going to be mm. at double that. Wow. But, but to your, to your question there. Um, so most people realize by now that, you know, we're the, like the fire department, what we run 78% of our calls are emergency medical calls. And, um, if you put it really kind of put it in context there, we don't run near as many fires. And a lot of that's got to do with, you know, educating the public, but also the work, the hard work that our prevention division does with educating and making sure we're meeting the codes and all that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, I got on a tangent there. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, sure. Just talking about the medical calls and when a fire truck shows up, it's not the, it may not the first truck on the scene or public safety personnel may not be what people would think of as an ambulance. A lot of times it's the, the fire engine, as yes. I call it. Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up because we don't get as much as we used to, but it was a very common question that we used to get is, why is a big fire truck here for a medical call? And um, I, I like that one because it's a softball and it's a, it's a really easy uh, one to explain. So Lakeland Fire Department runs every emergency medical call that's generated in the city limits. And we respond, uh, the closest unit, and, you know, uh, on a best case scenario, our rescue truck, the smaller truck is available and they'll run that call. However, if they're on a call already and another call comes in in that zone, we don't want our citizens to have to wait for another rescue truck to come across town. So we'll send a fire engine. So you're getting the closest unit, the quickest response, and you're getting the best care by doing that. And, you know, it doesn't really affect us that much to be able to do that. And, um, so, uh, when we were trying to like do a public service announcement to try to get that message out to the public, we actually did a video and, and the title of it was why did, why does the fire truck show up when we have a, a medical call? And, uh, we had some players in the city that, that did a really good job with that. We built the video in house and, and last I checked, it was well over a million views. Wow. So it, it really went out there big and, and it really went over. But when you explain it that way, people get it and they're like, yeah, you know, if I need something, I don't want to wait for a truck to come from across town. But to elaborate on that just a little bit so that, you know, that our audience understands, um, we run a dual response with Polk County Fire Rescue. They are the ambulance provider for the entire county. And so 
if a 911 call is generated inside the city of Lakeland, you're going to get you're automatically going to get a response from a Polk County ambulance, and you're going to get a fire truck from the Lakeland Fire Department. Um, we're fortunate to be a lot tighter geographically, and so a lot of times we'll be there first. And um, all of our apparatus are equipped with at least one paramedic, and all of the equipment and all the medication and all the everything that we need to provide the highest level, advanced life support level care to our citizens. And so basically to try to, you know, put it in context for people, I always say that our fire trucks can do any and everything the ambulance does, except we don't do the transport to the hospital. And also also add a little caveat to that, as you may have seen in one of your ride-alongs, um, if we have a critical patient, critical t- patient, uh, it requires at least two caregivers taking care of that patient. And there's only two on the ambulance and somebody has to drive it. Mm. So it's not uncommon at all for one of our medics. And in worst case, uh, sometimes two of our medics will ride in with the ambulance for that transport to the hospital to continue that care until they're turned over to the hospital and, and, and handed off at the hospital. So a lot going on to deliver these emergency services to Lakeland and Polk County. And it's great that we have such a strong working relationship with Polk County emergency management and their fire department and their, you know, the ambulance to be able to take people to the hospital. And that, it makes sense when you were talking about the fire engine showing up to a medical call, it's the expertise that is on that truck. It's, you have paramedics, you have people who are trained to be able to give the same type of care that they would get if it's the ambulance. They just, they don't transport people to the hospital, but many times they can get there before that ambulance does, uh, depending on where the call is, begin providing care and, and then the ambulance comes and takes people to the hospital. So I'm just envisioning it's such a team approach. And you mentioned ride-along. So I have done two since I became a commissioner. I did one with the fire department and one with police. And what surprised me when I was out with the police department is how many times fire department responded to the call as well. So there was a, a 911 call and, and there was a need for the police department to be there, but there was also a medical issue and the fire department was right behind them or sometimes at the hospital as well. And just that integration working together that I think you really don't see unless you're on a truck out in the field riding along. Yeah, we, we have a very close uh, working relationship with our brothers and sisters. I always refer to them as our brothers and sisters across the pond because they're, they're across Lake Mirror, their office there from uh, our admin building. That's so, good. But we run, you know, a lot of dual responses with the Lakeland Police Department and vice versa. And we have a great working relationship with them. Talk a little bit about recruitment efforts and getting new and, and younger talent into the fire department and specifically about recruiting women into the profession, because I know that's an area that you you're passionate about. And I heard you recently uh, telling a story about sometimes you talk to, to young people, maybe young women who didn't think that being a firefighter was something that they wanted to do. It just never crossed their mind. And someone once said that they were, they're afraid of fire. They didn't know if they could do that. And you said, well, I'm afraid of fire too. And I, that really struck me because I thought, well, that I would imagine that you, you want your firefighters to have that fear of fire, that that is something that stays with you, even though you've been in this profession for 35 years. But just all of that, you know, talk about recruiting, bringing more women into the department and and just how, you know, some of the common things you encounter when you're trying to bring people into this profession. Sure. And um, I, I would tell you that first and foremost, my team and I are super um, passionate about diversifying our fire department. And, um, and, and, you know, we see that statewide. 
and for whatever reason that for us to, and we believe that our fire department, our work group should be a reflection of the community we serve. And, you know, we don't just serve males or females. We don't just serve, you know, any particular group. So we think that we should be, you know, well represented. And so, um, our first efforts for really, really trying to recruit, we did a recruitment video and we've, we've highlighted and had an emphasis on, um, you know, diversifying it and reaching the, the minority groups that we don't reach, um, as often. And so we did a recruitment video on that. Then uh, about three years later, um, we were able to go to a class and the class was uh, about women in the fire service and, and the, the statistics is about 4% of the firefighters in America are females. And I had a hard time wrapping my head around that because we have seven today. And I will tell you that our, our female firefighters, um, are great. They make us better. They do a fantastic job. And so for me and, you know, a lot of others out there, how do we get the word out and how do we let these young ladies know that that is an option for them? And I often tell the story that we go to, you know, lots of groups and clubs and schools and trade shows and all that to try to, to educate and recruit. And we'll, we will go into like a, a group of young uh, males, you know, maybe elementary school. And we ask, have you ever thought about being a firefighter? And every one of them raised their hand. But, but if you have the same conversation at Girls Inc., nobody raised their hand. And, you know, why is that? Because that message has never been told to them that that is an option and that they could have a very rewarding career in the fire service. And so we're doing that as much as we can. But, you know, there's only so much time in a day and there's only so many of us. So we decided we would do a video and the video is called Igniting Change. And uh, you can look it up on YouTube, but it's all about females in the fire service and to try to get that out to a more broad audience. And we've taken that to many of the, the uh, young lady groups here in town. We went to Girls Inc. and uh, in the Pace Center for Girls as well as others. And pre-COVID, we were able to do like some day camps where we brought a group of girls from the Pace Center in and we did like a day in the life of the firefighter. Mm-hmm. And we let, them, we let them do everything that the firefighters do. They they washed the trucks, they squirted water, they dragged dummies, they did some of the extrication with the Jaws of Life, which is always a big hit. They love that. But uh, we put them in gear and let them do it all just to give them an idea and just plant that seed that as you're aging and as you're um, you know, getting your education and you're thinking about the future, you know, just keep in the back of your mind that that's one, one option of uh, you know, an endless number of options that you have ahead of you. That's great. So Igniting Change is the name of that video. You can find it That's on correct. YouTube or any of the social media channels for the Lakeland Fire Department. And if you didn't know that, kind of the dynamic that 4% of firefighters are women, and I think you've said that, it just it has been at that level for as long as you can remember. As long and as so, I've been in service. Uh, it will probably take time for that to change in efforts and community relations and getting out into youth groups, you mentioned Pace Center for Girls, Girls Inc., and the like, and to share that message of this is a career option that you should consider, and here's why. And I think that's great to do a day in the life of a firefighter. The ride-alongs, and I mentioned that I did those, you know, when I was out on a truck, and one of the responsibilities that day was training. You said you train for a living, and so to, to go and see not only the calls they respond to, but the training that they do, and in this case, they were simulating a bit, uh, building fire and having to go in with full gear and limited visibility. And it was eye-opening to me to see, one, this is 
these men and women have to stay at the top of their game and they have to do these types of training exercises. It's physically demanding. They have to stay in shape and just everything that goes into what they do. So much of it that uh, as just members of the community, we don't see that until you get a chance to see it up close. So I know this past year and a half, it's been challenging in the COVID environment to do as much community outreach and demonstrations, but those things, they are popular. And I think they give people a renewed sense of appreciation for what it is that the men and women of the fire department do. So that's, I'm hoping this year that we start to, to do a little bit more and, and uh, we'll, you know, COVID will become more of a thing of a pa- the past. But what do you wish more people knew about firefighters, the profession, about our fire department? So um, I'll go back to the pandemic, you know, and I think everybody's heard enough about that and we're kind of over it a little bit, right. but, but, you know, um, when, when all this started and there, when we didn't know a whole lot about it and there were so many, you know, unknowns and more questions than answers, there was a certain level of anxiety that goes through all the public safety because, you know, we don't have the option of working from home. We don't have the option of not running the calls and things like that. And so, you know, there's anxiety. We still want to provide that high level of service to our citizens. At the same time, we got to look out for our own safety and we don't want to bring things home to our family. Mm-hmm. And so there was anxiety, but just like, you know, the, the uh, conversation you started earlier about um, people saying that they're afraid of fire, you know, it, it's the same way. You know, it's natural to be afraid of fire. And if somebody doesn't, isn't a little afraid of fire, then I think they don't respect it and they're more apt to get injured. But the way we overcome that and just like the way we overcome the anxieties with the pandemic is proper training, proper equipment, making sure that they have all the best protection out there and all the best practices for making sure that we keep you safe and that you're not taking anything bad home uh, to your family when you go home at the end of the day. That's good. I, there's, there's so much we could talk about. And I know uh, recently we've had some discussions at our commission meetings about response times and fire station relocation or maybe new stations. And if you're out there and you're following that, that is something we will talk about as a commission at our strategic planning days at the end of this month. So I will come back and update on those conversations. And it's something that as we look to as a growing city, how do we continue to serve the public and do what we need to do. And, and we are certainly mindful of that as a commission and as our fire department leadership as well. Um, Chief, what would you say is one of the most rewarding parts of this job that you know, you've done over the years and you know, what, at the end of the day, what's most rewarding to you? So um, on all the years I was the boots on the ground guy, it was, it was hands down knowing that, that when somebody picks up the phone, calls 911, they're, they are very well having the worst day of their life or one of the worst day of their life. Just knowing that, that I could do maybe just something very minute or small, or maybe something really, really big to have a positive impact on that and to make that bad day just a little bit better. So there's nothing more rewarding than that for me and my firefighter to know that you've done everything you can and that you've made that a little bit better for, you know, somebody out there in their time of need. And I think too, so many of, the firefighters and police officers, you all are unsung heroes. You're not looking for attention. You're not looking for applause. You do your job. It's rewarding. But to somebody whose life you have saved or whose home you have saved or gotten them to the hospital uh, when time was critical, I mean, those are things that just have to be tremendously rewarding to you as a firefighter. So so that makes sense. Anything else you would like to, to share? 
without I, I would just um you know uh, encourage everyone you know go to our website um and there's a lot of information about the lakeland fire department and if you have additional questions that aren't answered there feel free to reach out to us that's probably one of the the most rewarding part of our job is to be able to, to answer questions and talk about the your your fire department and what we're doing for you each and every day and and if there's you know people out there that may think that they want to you know research uh, careers in the fire service that's you know we're recruiting we recruit every day all day for a living and love to have those conversations and and point people in the right direction that's great can people just stop by a station like if you so i'm thinking you know, we have kids and they they love this stuff but can you just drop in and you know, let your kids see uh, a firefighter, a fire truck, or is it better to try and come to one of the you know, established scheduled days for that? Now, so obviously COVID has put a damper on um, our group fire station mm. visits, but we still have people pop in and we try right now just because, you know, the effect on our firefighters and, and not only do we not want to get them sick, but we don't want to get other people sick either. So we're limiting, uh, access into the building itself mm. but we'll still walk people around the engine room show them the fire truck let them get up there and take pictures and things like that and that you know that's we love it when people come by and see us and we get to show them the equipment and let them take pictures and things like that and ask questions but yeah it, it, no no appointment necessary if, if the guys and girls are in the station right and the bay doors up stop in and, and introduce yourself and say hi and and uh let them show you around I love what you said about this is your fire department, your community. And so having the ability to do that, I think is great. And so we, we appreciate you making so many efforts to be out in the community and letting people see what it is that you do every day. Chief Riley, thank you so much for coming into a view from Lakeland City Hall. I appreciate it. If you have any questions out there and uh, listeners and, and want to contact me, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. If you have any ideas for other city staff you would like to have uh, and hear on the podcast, please email me or any feedback. Uh, we appreciate InFocus Studios for allowing us to record this interview here and, and check this space out. If you're a podcaster or aspiring podcaster, it's, it's one of the best in town. So as always, have a great week uh, and I will see you back again soon.